What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. My name is John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, it really helps out a lot. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming back week after week after week. Um, it, it really means a lot to me and uh, it's really something special to see because it helps me create cool things like this content, uh, some coffee mugs, and some coffee and guys if you haven't seen that already please make sure you go down in the link in the description below and check that out but uh anyways let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode so i chat with two american sprinters evan boone and rex ainsley about their recent project of that, that kind of parts off the uh oda or odp program uh there used to be this free program um, now I'm got it, got them confused, but anyways, it was uh, I believe it was the ODP, and uh, yeah, it was this uh, it was this track based program with a private donor, and uh, it gave the possibility for to find Olympic talent and uh, give the opportunities for these athletes to train. Um, long story short, that was uh, the donor was pulled or the donation and and, and the funding was pulled um, during COVID, and uh, these guys didn't stop. These guys and girls didn't stop. They got together and uh, they're living out in LA currently uh, training and they're shooting for the LA Olympic Games in 2028, but as well as Paris in uh, 2024. And uh, so we sit down and we chat uh, with Rex and Evan about how this came about, what their goals are, how they're motivated. But anyways, I'm gonna go ahead and shut up so you guys can uh, listen to the episode. So anyways, let's dive into it. This week's episode is brought to you by Spot. Guys, we I've talked about this time and time again, and uh, yeah, if you, if you don't have Spot yet, uh, I don't know what you're doing, and you're gonna wait until it's too late. It's almost like this Dogecoin, Bitcoin fiasco. Everybody's trying to buy in now and, and make their millions, but honestly, Spot is gonna protect you when you least expect it. Um, it, it is a zero deductible accident injury insurance for active people, so that means if you get into an accident, um, They'll cover your medical bills up to $20,000. All you have to do is go to the link down in the description below. They have uh, insurance packages starting as low as $25 a month. So uh, go check them out at uh, croom.getspot.com. That's croom.getspot.com. Guys, you got to check them out. If you haven't already, it's croom.getspot.com. What do you have to lose? The only thing you have to lose is uh, you know, paying that deductible once you get into an accident if you don't have spot. So... Go check out Spot today, croom.getspot.com. This episode is also brought to you by Twisted Spoke Apothecary. Guys, this is that CBD I've been telling you all about here in Colorado Springs. It's ran by cyclists, so you got to check it out. Um, yeah, it's some of the best stuff I ever used, and uh, I'm a huge fan of their Pimpermint Tincture. It's what I use before I go to bed every night, and I have some of the best sleep, as well as their new CBD chamois cream. I've been testing that out, but they're, they have it full gas, and honestly, it's some of the longest-lasting chamois cream I've ever had. So you got to check them out. Go to TwistedSpokeApothecary.com. That's TwistedSpokeApothecary.com. Or just go to the link in the description below. This episode is also brought to you by Bike Hardcore. Guys, you have a dirty bike, you need it cleaned, go to bikehardcore.com, use code CROOM at checkout and get 15% off your first order. And uh, yeah, you'll never have a dirty bike again. Um, my favorite product they have is their bike wash. 
Uh, it smells super clean, super citrusy, and uh, yeah, I, I love I love how it suds up all over the bike. And they have this like little pressure washer tool. You got to go check it out. Uh, just go to bikehardcore.com and uh, yeah, check out all their cleaning products for your bike today. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. My name is John Croom, and I'm sitting here with Evan Boone and Rex Ainsley, and I've I've seen these guys, you know, sprinting and doing their thing, and I think you know Rex has ridden the kilo, so I've had the chance to race against him. And I think Evan, have you have you raced Elite Nationals kilo? I've not done the kilo Elite Nationals. So so he hasn't done the kilo yet, but I I know who these guys are. I've seen them. I actually saw Evan uh, collegiately win some sprint tournaments, and like I think I saw you come into your yourself there. Um, but uh, but anyways, so I saw these guys and I knew who they were, but then I saw this American Sprint Program. And this, these are the faces behind it, which is, it's a super cool program. And a lot of people are the first people to bitch about how they don't have X and how they don't have Y and they don't have Z. And based on my opinion and what I'm seeing, it seems that the American Sprint Program is creating their own opportunities. So anyways, how are you guys doing? Yeah, uh, we're doing great. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. So, so, So you guys are in San Diego right now? Uh, yeah, so it's San Diego County. <clears throat> We're uh, primarily based at the San Diego Velodrome right yeah. now. I'm waiting for the LA Velodrome Bell Sports Center to open back up. Yeah. And so now we, in uh, April, they're starting to open back up. So we're uh, trying to change gears and making plans to make the move up to LA in the next few months. Sweet, sweet. So, I mean, I guess this is a question for, for more of Rex. Like, uh, well, I guess who's the brains behind, like, American sprint program. I'm assuming it's like a collective, but like there's gotta be somebody that's just like taking the reins. It's kind of my brainchild. I'm the one that started it. And I tried to uh, wrangle up all the riders uh, to get behind it. And uh, I'm trying to like lead them all in a, in a way that uh, we can, we can all succeed. Sweet. And that, and that's super cool. Cause like one thing that I I called you and we chatted about this, but one thing that's lacking in, in um at least american sprinting is just the the collective i think uh like a group a training group and for people to yeah, push each other it's hard because um america's so big like everyone's spread out across the entire country so you have like one person here one person there and it's uh some sometimes like you have sprinters edge where they have a group of guys that can train together and they have all the facilities that they need and they can uh get some of the top athletes and that's what you've seen in the past couple of years where they're turning out the top riders. But if you really want uh, riders to go faster and be able to train more effectively, you need them to be together, yeah. push each other every session. Like it makes such a big difference when you have someone to chase or push you that last uh, 10%, especially for sprint efforts when uh, is one, 2% difference makes all the difference. For sure. So how are you guys going about, like, we're just going to go straight into the nitty gritty. Yeah. Like, how are you guys going about selecting these people? So like so, I look at your roster and I know three names. And so and I'm not, then again, I, I don't really, you know, sit down and start studying who's sprinting in the sprint tournaments. Right. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys go about selecting a roster and is there opportunities for random people to crack in? Yeah, so it, it kind of goes back to um, how we got started. Is um, so all of us were part of the uh, Sprint ODP uh, when that was uh, going on in uh, 2019. Okay, and 
what ODP did is it was pretty much uh, a talent program. So they went around the country uh, trying to find the best riders uh, around and they pretty much did. So they found uh, the talent out of the woodwork. So some of them are uh, pretty unknown names, but just have gobs of talent. So, uh, and they brought them all in one spot. So last year, uh, because of COVID, the uh, funding kind of dried up for the ODP and we were kind of left to our own devices. So I started the program to uh, keep the team together, really, because these are the most talented riders in the country. And it's a shame to like if they don't have a team, they're just going to they need to go do something else. Like uh, sprinting isn't a viable source of income or uh, a way of life for most of these guys. Uh, and so that's why I kind of wanted to start the program is uh, have a way for riders to really uh, have a pathway through sprinting uh, into success and to keep riding. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you? I'm uh, 26. Yeah. You sound like you're 55 and like you've <laughs> seven. Yeah, I'm, only, <laughs> yeah, I'm only 20, but yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> man. This is insane. Yeah. So, Evan, I, let's. I, I, like, uh, even when I was on the, uh, the ODP, like I would be um, helping like the coach and being more of an assistant coach to the riders. And well, I feel like I'm talking to somebody's dad who's talking <laughs> about their son and giving their son yeah. opportunity. But anyways, Evan, let's let's dive into a little bit about you, man. I mean, like I said, I I knew I know who you are. Like I saw you race in Colorado Springs. Um, you have a BMX background, right? Yeah, is that dude. correct? From like the beginning of my cycling. Oh yeah, dude. I want to, I want to dive into that. Cause I think CMU has released some pretty badass riders or found some pretty badass sprint talent. Cause there's that other kid, um, I don't know, blanking on his name, but he's on, I think he's a part of your guys' team. Dalton? Yeah, Dalton. That guy. Yeah. 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 I mean, like one of those guys that just come out of the woodwork and amazing talent. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really know where CMU finds you guys. Um, it's like, I think, I feel like they go to a jail yard and they just go, <laughs> what do you guys do? Cause it's like you, like, I remember seeing you and I was like, this dude looks like an ex football player or convict. On a <laughs> so, so tell yeah. me a little bit about you, man. Um, so really my love of cycling just as a kid kind of branched into, um, my career and to just sport, um, growing up. Um, I didn't really come into cycling like a lot of other people, my parents, had nothing to do with cycling when they were growing up. My dad played football and baseball. Yeah. So really just my mom kind of saw the love of cycling I had. And when we went to Maryland, um, she found a BMX track and I started riding and then ended up racing. So from eight years old to about 14, um, I had been racing BMX and I did nationals across the country. And that really became a big part of uh, my cycling um, early on. And then kind of around high school, um, we moved to Arizona. I was kind of far from the BMX track and kind of getting burnt out. Um, I moved to cross country mountain bikes through Nika. Yeah. Really one big moment, but slowly just started like mountain biking more. Um, and then I ended up doing that through high school. Um, so really at the end of high school, I had been to the track maybe in 2017, maybe the summer, just once for the Arizona state championship in California. Um, but yeah. I did that a little bit and then going in college, I was just kind of looking for my place, what to do. Um, ended up having a very successful, uh, junior nationals in 2018 and kind of got talking to Lee and the ODP program kind of started, um, 
my love of the sport and kind of worked my way through that and then got to the point where I'm full-time sprint cycling. Wow. Uh, and so from CMU, I really was, I was going to do some road, some, and then some track stuff. Um, and then I ended up just snowballing into full sprint. Just track. <laughs> so did you, did you finish school or did you uh, like going all in right now? Finishing yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. See, it's hard to tell like who's in school still because of COVID, like everybody's doing it from home or working from home. So, um, but yeah, dude, that, no, that's super cool. So what's your, what's your guys's goal? I mean, come on, like you're, I'm looking at this and I see, I see some talent. All right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just like, I look at outside looking in, I see some talent. I see some hardworking talent. Um, but there's gotta be a goal. Like, I mean, you guys aren't just like fucking doing standing starts yeah. in San Diego just to do standing uh, starts for nothing. Right. So like, what's the goal here? The ultimate goal is to uh, have riders metal capable at the LA 2028 Olympics. Okay. And it, it seems like it's pretty far away, but it's actually seven years. It's not that much time to really prepare riders to be at an international level. And like, uh, we need to be able to send riders to the 2024 Olympics, which is just three years. Yeah. And uh, we don't have a whole lot of time to really. Well, uh, you almost all. need, you almost need somebody to oversee this program. Like, like, I mean, I, I know Rex, you're doing it. You're doing an amazing job right now, but like, you almost need to hire like, no, nah, I don't mean, I'm just going to throw a name out there, but Bill Huck, like a Bill Huck for just an example. I mean, I'm not saying that he's your answer to everything, but I guess just the experience. Um, and this is, this is what I think sprint cycling has lacked in America is an actual sprint coach. Like when Marty was around, there was, there was a physical sprint coach in the game. I mean, and fully I, I, giving the tactics. Yeah. The biggest thing is uh, support. So when Marty, that too, done, that too, when, money, like, but and everything's well, down to time standards. Yeah. Well, when Marty was doing it, they, he was able to make a full-time living, have, have sure. a house, have a family uh, and support himself riding his bike as a sprinter. Now You're telling me yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now there, like, there's no uh, actual teams uh, for sprint cyclists to make any money, especially developing sprint cyclists. Yeah. Cause we're, we're kind of trying to bridge the gap between like junior success and uh, elite international success. And that's, there's a big gap there. Well, there's, and, and, and as shitty as this sounds, and I hope this doesn't piss you guys off, but there is no gap because there is no end. Like there is no international talent there yet. I mean, it could be in you guys, right? Mm-hmm. But it literally goes junior and then what? Well, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. What we're saying. yeah. Explain it. Just yeah, uh, trying to trying to be competitive with that level is for sure trying to do, and uh, yeah, it it takes a lot. So you can't if you want to get to that level, you need to be able to train full time as a sprint cyclist. You can't really have a part time job because as sprinters, you go up one hundred percent, and then you need to rest and recover, and you can't really do anything. Like if if you actually go, and this is one part where like sprint physiology. Uh, kind of confuses a lot of endurance riders is that if like people think they can go a hundred percent, but if you actually go a hundred percent, you're done for a while. Yeah. And so as a sprinter, that's what you're doing every day is you're going out, you're doing four efforts at absolutely 100% and you're dead and yeah. uh, you need to recover so you can do that again. And that's, sure. that's how you get faster. Like if you're trying to do that and then uh, 
work, uh, a job in between that, you're not going to be able to go as hard the next one. You're going to go uh, 95% and you're not going to be able to make the same progress. So are you guys working? Like, do you guys have jobs or is this it? This is it. Oh, you guys- I do. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're still kind of in that. Like, we're, that's our for goal. For sure. I, not, I, I yeah. totally understand so, that. Like, we're students. We're, we're working a part-time job. Um, there's no one really just training yeah, so full-time. We're still developing the program. Like, uh, that's where we want the program to be, is where we can offer the guys a place to live and uh, enough money to put food on the table. Yeah. Uh, no one in our group is here to make any money. Uh, we're, they just want the chance to be able to pursue the dream 100%. This is fucking insane. Like it's, and, 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 what, and the reason why I'm saying this is cause like, you know, I felt like I had to do that same thing. And I felt like it was, um, I felt like when you're telling somebody that they look at you like you're nuts and almost like, as it's unachievable. So when I moved here in 2017, I told people, I was like, I'm just training for the kilo and mm-hmm. I had no money, I had nothing else. And I was like, my best result at that time was a one Oh seven. And so I'm literally telling people that I'm, I'm going to ride. 104, 103 at the time or better to mm-hmm. win. Like that you have to, that's what you have to ride to win. Mm-hmm. And, um, like I did everything, quit my, quit my job, quit, you know, just focus solely on training mm-hmm. and it worked. And so it's it put me in a lot of debt, um, yeah. at the end of the day, just for one, yeah. one national championship. But, but once it happened, it kind of started to snowball, it opened up other doors to kind of relieve some pressure. Like it's opened up this platform to where, you know, we can create sponsorships and I can do these podcasts and that can help me put food on the table, things like that. Right. And, and, you know, I'm coaching and and whatever else. And so it's interesting because I've always heard people talk about it, but never actually seen people do it. And so that's, that's why I called you that one day, Rex. And I was like, no, you're, you're doing what I like. You like, I, I and I'm not going to bullshit you. And you, you probably would say the same thing to me is you're like, you know, I don't, I don't know who you are, John, or I didn't even care to know who you were. And like, I kind of had the same feeling. I was like, I don't know who those guys are, but the moment I saw the program that to me, I was like, Oh, like I link mindsets because you, somebody told, you no, and you said, okay, that's fine. You don't have any funding. I'll make funding. We'll figure it out. We'll make it make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what group, yeah, came down to, you know, we're, we're tired of, we don't want to wait. We want to make this happen. We only have a certain amount of time, you know? So let's, let's talk about that. Like you guys are 5013C, right? Let's, let's talk about it. Cause hopefully some of the listeners on this podcast, um, m- might find you guys intriguing. Like, cause, um, as much as I do, um, what, what does it take to support you guys? I mean, I see that, you know, I'm going to mention some names like Sarah Fader, um, and you guys can mention a few names, but th- these people are donating money to you guys every yeah. month. And what are they getting back? And what are you guys putting into it? Uh, so, uh, yeah, we, we have a, a couple ways people can support us. Uh, we're, like you said, we are a, a 51C3, uh, uh, so we're a tax deductible, uh, nonprofit. Uh, we're not legally allowed to give tax advice, but it kind of how it goes, yeah. but um, so if you go on our website, which is, uh, www.americanscp.com, which will be in the description below as well, guys. Yeah. So, and you can find, uh, we have uh, membership programs where you can, uh, become a, uh, a member. So we have yearly memberships as well as monthly memberships. And, uh, we're, 
right now we're kind of uh, we're still working on uh, developing more perks for for people to come with us, but um, it's mainly a way for people to support what we're doing and uh, give to the cause and and really uh, have a way for people to to know that uh, their money is going to actually helping riders uh, pursue their dreams and succeed. Like there's no, like no one that makes a salary. We're not uh, like every rider, every dollar spent on the program goes straight to helping the riders. Sweet. Yeah. So I have it pulled up. And so, um, and so you got like a monthly membership and an annual. So it starts as little as 25 bucks a month. Yeah, starts at twenty five dollars a month. We have uh, three different le- levels: so bronze tier is twenty five dollars a month, uh, silver tier is fifty dollars, and okay. gold tier a hundred dollars a month. And annual, uh, you save a little bit of money. Uh, it's uh, two hundred fifty for the bronze, uh, five hundred for the silver, and a thousand for the gold. Yeah. And uh, we do uh, member shout shout outs. So we like we we like to spotlight our members and like just have a way to say thank you to all the people that uh, donate to us. And uh, we also do uh, some private uh, gifts and just thank yous. And uh, we're working on developing like a club shop and uh, sending out some t-shirts to people. Yeah, no, this is, this is insane. Like, this is super cool. Like, I, 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 like I'm baffled, man. Um, um, and, and, and so, yeah. And so how, how do you, how are you guys seeing this go? Is it going pretty well or is it like, it's, it's going pretty well. Like it's um, better than you thought it was going to go. Um, I don't know. It's kind of what I expected. Like, uh, it's, we're starting at, we're a starting nonprofit. Like we don't have any history. Like, so it's a little bit harder to gain back and people want to support something that's already successful. Sure, you sure. Know? Like, so we're, we're making do with what we got for now, but, yeah. uh, even just starting out, we're only a couple months old. Um, we've been able to afford a house for our riders to train at San Diego Belldrome and afford facilities and uh, gym access for our riders. And uh, all of the riders that have been here have made huge gains in uh, like speed, power, um, you name it. Like it's been so good to have a group uh, to come together and uh, you can really just see the progress that everyone's made. Yeah. I mean, the difference is, I mean, huge. And that's kind of what our goal too is just, get the best riders in the same spot training with each other and to develop as a whole and move forward as a group, you know, not just one rider makes it to a pretty good result. We want to move the whole program and move just everything forward. And the, the program, the way I see it is um, I don't want it to be, just be a team. So we're, we're not just uh, the, the riders. And uh, so I have plans uh, for later in this year to, uh, host some camps where we invite some of the uh, best talent in the country to train together and see what really everyone has. And uh, so one of the camps would be like a team sprint camp where we uh, pick the top riders from across the country, have them in one spot, and we figure out what is the fastest team sprint that America can do. Yeah. And that is, uh, that's one of our goals is to, by the end of the year, like know for sure this is the, these are the fastest guys. These are the fastest uh, positions they can be in and uh, hopefully set some times that um, really impress some people and show that we are on the way to becoming international riders. Yeah, no, that, and and that's impressive. I think, you know, I remember, I mean, how old are you Rex again? I'm 26. So I remember when I was, I was a little younger. So I was like 24, 
23, like when I first got into the endurance program <clears throat> here at USA Cycling. And um, they had a time standard of under 430. And at that point, there hadn't been anybody who had done it. Mm-hmm. And then Lambie comes and does it and it's no problem. But then I was the second one to do it. And so like, and and I think, I honestly think that like taking that goal, even though it sounds outlandish at the time and, and we're talking about it now, like a 430 is nothing, you know, this was before guys were going under uh, 410, 415. Um, now, now guys are close to breaking the four minute barrier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to kind of see, see where we lie. And, and I, I mean, I, I'm assuming you guys have spoke with Jim Miller in the past, or at least have spoken with Jim Miller, maybe, mm-hmm. um, but I know he's, he's talked on, on podcasts and they're literally just looking for a guy to go fast. Yeah. So and, they've, they've told us like, if you're fast, we'll support you. We'll send you to stuff. Yeah. So it's our job just to get fast. Yeah. And that's what the performance like really comes down to. We're trying to get the riders fast enough for, um, USA Cycling is not wasting their time sending us to places. For sure. And, and and you guys don't want to go to places and no. so, throw, and, throw up a 10-5 and, yeah, no. and not even crack top 30, right? No, we're, we're looking to like uh, actually be in the running for stuff. and like. So what other sponsors do you guys have? Do you uh, guys so have like bike sponsors, clothing sponsors, kit sponsors, anything? Uh, so we have, we've been working with no pins. Uh, okay. uh, clothing, they've been... Uh, nice enough to give us discounts on uh, a few things. And uh, the, the main other one is uh, the Sanigo Velodrome. They've helped us tremendously with um, uh, facility use and like storage for uh, our bikes and things. And uh, that, that's that been huge for us. So uh, we can't say enough good things about the Sanigo Velodrome. They're, I know, they're, I'm trying to get out there. They're an amazing organization and yeah. uh, more people should go out and ride. No, that's, that's awesome, man. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I think... Like I said, man, I wanted to get both of you guys on because I wanted to chat about this. I miss track cycling right now. It's been too long. And hopefully, I mean, I, we've all heard rumors that Nationals is being moved, but hopefully it stays in L.A. where it needs to be. Yeah, we're, 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 making, we're making plans uh, for any scenario. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, if honestly, if anybody's listening to this and you're not making plans for any scenario, you should. Uh, cause anything can happen at this point. Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so, um, before we end, I prepped you guys with one question. We do this every podcast. If you could have coffee with one person dead or alive, um, who would that person be? How would you have your coffee? If you don't drink coffee, you can do tea, beer, scotch, whiskey, whatever. Actually, Evan, you cannot. Um, but, um, you can do tea, I guess, unsweetened tea or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, so we'll start with Evan. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, the first thing <laughs> I'll just do my, the first thing I thought of, um, just got the question. Ronnie Coleman was the first one. And then Chris Hoy is the second. So nothing, gonna, what is it? What does he say? Is something like a peanut? What is this thing that he says? Nothing but a peanut. <laughs> ain't nothing but a peanut. <laughs> so I have to split the two. Um, yeah, definitely okay. both of those. Um, Ronnie Coleman in like the early 2000s. Yeah. I'd love to get a gym session in with the coffee. <laughs> right on. Um, what kind of coffee then, would you have with Ronnie Coleman? Um, <laughs> well, I'm not a huge coffee person, but I do. Uh, it's a treat sometimes. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a latte for me. Yeah. I could see Ronnie Coleman being like, like the most frappy, like whipped cream, 
like <laughs> caramel crunch coffee yeah. out there and literally saying it's nothing but a peanut. Yeah. Um, all right. So Rex, what about, what about you, man? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, the first person that I thought of was like Henry Ford or someone like that. And oh, okay. Like I, I, I'm kind of into history and like uh, technical innovation. Yeah. I, I think he'd be a, a cool person to talk to. And uh, yeah. he would pick his brain on a couple of things. Yeah. And I, I don't really drink coffee either, but uh, I'm, I'm more of like a tea and uh, I'm, I'm half Japanese. So like, I kind of like a, a nice cup of uh, green tea. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, cool, man. Well, guys, thank you so much. And, 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 and like I said, I can't, I'm not, I can't be any more stoked about a program that's going on right now. I mean, this, I mean, it's, it's offering opportunity. Like I've never had something like you guys had. Um, and it's like, hopefully, uh, in the future, like we can build the program into something more like starting out with sprinters because they kind of need the most help. No, for sure. No other avenue to get money. And then uh, hopefully, like, if the program comes big enough, we can start offering uh, more track endurance stuff uh, and just kind of, like, grow the sport all, all around. I want to see the, the sport be um, much bigger than it is. I want to see um, everyone in the U.S. have, like, some of the most track ride, successful track riders in history. Dude, you're a wise man. I feel like I'm – I honestly feel like I'm talking to my dad. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, cool, man. Well, guys – Thank you so much for listening. And, and, and like I said, uh, down in the description below, you guys can donate to the American Sprint Program. Um, it is 5013. So guys, you know, tax deductible, you know, do it. And and help these help these guys and girls out and get them across the line. Um, don't talk the talk, walk the walk. Everybody wants to see a new American Sprinter. Um, hit the boards. Let's yeah, let's support I've, these I've, guys I've, and girls. Since, uh, you know, seen in 2000. Yeah. Over 20 years. There you go. Let's let's get back up there and 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 let's quit complaining and start helping. I think everybody's really quick to bitch about how we don't have X and we don't have Y when we just won't make something happen. So, anyways, cheers, guys. We'll see you yeah. next time. Thanks, John.